Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz pianist and composer Jeff Lefkowitz-Brown. We talked at length about his career and new 2021 CD, Open World. He's been very busy up to this point in his career. He's toured the world with pop superstar Taylor Swift, played with jazz greats from Dave Brubeck to Clarence Penn, and been a member of Arturo O'Farrell's multi-Grammy winning Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra. He is originally from Elmira, New York, and he established himself as a jazz prodigy at the age of 11, performing throughout New York State under the mentorship of local jazz hero George Reed. He's got a great story. Enjoy. Thanks so much. Yeah, you bet. Big fan of your work, so thanks for taking a minute. Oh, I appreciate thank you. It. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much, Joe. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I'm mean, really, really glad to be doing this. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into Onward, and you know, the past year and a half, we've all, you know, there's been an absence of live music, limited interaction with fans. What does it mean to release this album now? So, yeah, this this album, uh, Open World, it's, it's, you know, really celebrating the kind of the digital connectivity that we've been able to have during, you know, what's been such a difficult time and, and a time where I think a lot of us have felt pretty disconnected. When the, the pandemic first started, I quickly started to figure out how to do remote recording and was fortunate enough to, to have a, a couple guys really helping me a lot with production along the way. And we were able to put together these remote big band projects. And then, uh, you know, after a little while, we decided to step it up and we took on this idea of actually recording with musicians around the world. And so we uh, recorded with musicians that, you know, they're a country of origin, um, stems from 20 to 23 different countries. Um, and we were able to record with 30 different musicians. And yeah, it was just, it was really special to, to celebrate that connection. Yeah. I've started to tour again, uh, domestically, but still the international stuff is, is still, um, you know, a bit on hold these days, just with the complexities of, you know, travel restrictions. And, and so to be able to do such an international project, you know, digitally really, really meant a lot. So yeah, that's the idea behind Open World, just celebrating this, um, um, you know, the the miracle of the modern age and uh, still being able to stay connected despite, uh, you know, the tremendous difficulty that has come from this pandemic. So what do you hope the listener gets from this album when they download or buy it? Just such a international effort that we that we put into music. So, you know, I, I hope that it will uh, be profound to the listener just understanding how global of a project it is. Um, you know, there are people that, that I've worked with from around the world that, you know, normally I would never be able to get into one room together. So I, I think that was special. Also, the mixing engineer, Dave Darlington, who's a, just a tremendous Grammy-winning, um, you know, mixing engineer, just an amazing, amazing audio engineer who really brought the thing to life and, um, you know, uh, locked everything in so well. So the band, I think, actually sounds like tremendously tight. Um, despite the fact that we, uh, you know, not, not a single musician recorded it at the same time or together. It was really, it was, it was a, a huge challenge and definitely the, um, the biggest undertaking that I've ever done for an album. Um, but I found it to be really rewarding. And I think, you know, for the listener, it will be exciting to hear, you know, how tight we were able to get everything, uh, despite, you know, it being a, a remote process. It seems like things have moved pretty fast. How do you feel about the speed of things and things catching momentum for you. Yeah, I've I've actually lost track of this one. I think this is my ninth album release, release uh, uh, believe it or not. It's been exciting, you know. Um, my career has developed in a lot of ways. I've 
have several hundred thousand followers on on social media for my work as a jazz musician and I and a lot of a lot of young listeners which I think is is fun because I grew up you know thinking that you know um, that I wouldn't be able to get my peers and and young listeners to uh, to check out what I'm doing so yeah it's pretty cool to have have so many young fans out there and uh, we just finished a, a a trio tour that we did recently um, over the past week and we were able to sell out a bunch of venues and it just feels it was really special to be to be back on it and uh, and connecting with people in person again and to uh, yeah to have gotten to this point in in my career where where uh, where I have uh, the audience that I have I, I feel really fortunate. And you've been around some big names over over time. I mean, you have Taylor Swift, you have Dave Brubeck, there's Arturo O'Farrell. There's a lot of people. What have you learned from them that you in turn have used either for fuel for you or to teach the younger musicians you're around? Yeah, I learned various things from all the artists that I was fortunate enough to work with. You know, obviously Taylor wasn't a jazz musician, but um, working with such a big pop production was uh, was very cool to see, you know, how they run that machine. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I would say, you know, right now I, I tour a fair amount with Chris Bode, um and, you know, I... I am really enamored with uh, the the show that he puts on, and um, how you know his 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 live concerts are are very different from his uh, uh, from his recorded music, which is also really fantastic. Uh, but his live concerts really just are, are so entertaining, and the audience just always comes away, you know, um, you know, so uh, captivated by the performance. And it it takes it goes into so many di- different directions with everything from you know funk and fusion to straight ahead jazz and and even even opera and classical crossover. So it's really inspiring to see how he puts on a show. Yeah, that's that's something that I certainly have gotten to take a lot away from. You're a native of Elmira, New York. You were established very early on by the age of eleven on the keys. Was it always a, a, a very early conclusion that you were gonna be a musician? How did all this start for you? Yeah, so I mean my my dad played uh keys and and um but a saxophone yeah but but uh you know I'm, I'm a saxophonist you know started uh playing with an incredible drummer uh uh george reed who was uh kind of a local legend i lived in new york for many years um and then uh transported up uh you know he brought his career up to uh um uh, new york he's you know he's yeah he's just a legend on the, on the local scene there's, there's actually a great scene in Elmira, New York, which is pretty far out of uh, New York City. Uh, yeah, he really took me under his wing, you know, imparted a lot of wisdom onto my, my growth as a musician, and I'll forever be grateful for that. It was, it was an, an amazing club that was around back then called Green Pastures. Sadly, the uh, the uh, the owner passed uh, years ago, and, you know, the, the club closed around that time as well. But um, while I was growing up, there was this club called Green Pastures. It was a, this amazing black-owned jazz club. The community there was really incredible, and they really, they really embraced me, and and uh, I, I learned so much from the experience. Something that I'll, I'll forever be grateful for. So, what was the first live show that you saw that really blew you away? You know, it's it's hard for me to remember since I've seen music from such a young age with my dad being a musician. But I did get to see Sonny Rollins when I was, I think, like nine years old, and uh, so it was very special being able to uh, see a legend at such a young age. Um, and that was really inspiring for me as I like just picked up the saxophone around that time. 
So what were some other inspirations for you? Were there others that just really fueled the way that you saw music and wanted to get your own voice? You know, Sonny was a huge inspiration. Um, absolutely. Dexter Gordon, Hank Mobley, John Coltrane, needless to say. Um, Johnny Griffin, Charlie Parker, Johnny Stitt, um, Gene Ammons, Lester Young. You know, I mean, it's just, I have certainly tried to immerse myself in, in uh, the lineage and tradition of this music. And, yeah, I've, you know, I've just I've loved every step of the way. You know, when you hear the word prodigy, has that been something that, that – how does that resonate with you? I mean, obviously, you know, you've been dedicated to the craft. When you hear prodigy, does that how, – how does that ring for you? And how has this been such a, a, a smooth thing for you to get involved with, with playing the keys? You know, as, as I mentioned, my dad was a saxophonist, so I, I grew up with saxophone. And, and um, picking up sax was just only natural for me. It was his, it was his favorite instrument. You know, I was just really fortunate to be uh, raised with music around the house and um, to, you know, be immersed in that uh, jazz club, Green Pastures in Elmira, New York, which was so integral in my, in my development. You know, having the drummer, George Reed, taking me under his wing, it just it made it a really, I think, natural, organic process for me. Yeah, I feel really fortunate to, uh, to have had that background. So, you know, the one thing about the pandemic is it's been a, a real time of self-reflection. And I'm wondering, what did you learn about yourself that maybe you didn't realize before the pandemic that's going to make you stronger as you get back out into the world and on the stage? Despite the tragic circumstances, it, it was and has been a nice opportunity to look inward um, and, and reflect, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, it's been a, a nice time to, um, you know, practice and compose and, you know, spend time in solitude, which, you know, I try to make the most of as, as a musician. That is something that we are used to doing, you know, as, as our developing our craft. craft takes so much time, you know, in solitude like that. Yeah, and I was also fortunate in that I have a company, Jazz Lesson Videos, that um, I was able to grow uh, online uh, during this time, and so I just sort of doubled down on that, and, and it was uh, great to make uh, a lot of uh, educational content, and, and uh, we published a lot of master classes and ebooks and Great to uh, be able to dedicate that time to my audience because I have a lot of people who have wanted to learn from from what I do, which is really just you know passing on the uh, the wisdom that I've learned. And yeah, it was it was nice to take that uh, you know the opportunity over the past year and a half to uh, spend more time making that content since I was just off the road. So you've been in a variety of different outfits, from big ones like Taylor Swift to smaller ones and clubs, and you know you've been. To a lot of places with a lot of musicians around the world and I'm, I'm wondering what's the best part of being a professional musician for you what do you like the best about the process connecting with an audience is very special in a way that's profound and with jazz and improvised music it's really special to be creating music on the spot and improvising and and you know spontaneously composing you know uh with the energy of an audience around you is is truly special and um yeah that's why i've always been you know um so dedicated to this craft is uh, you know a- appreciating the uh the blessing that it is to be able to um you know make my life in this music if you could get into a time machine go back in time and see any jazz musician at any period where are you going to go who are you going to see and maybe who would you want to talk to when they get off stage there would be certainly so many to mention, but just a few, I suppose, would be uh, John Coltrane, Dexter Gordon, Charlie Parker. 
but you know, I mean, there there are literally dozens of legends that of, of you know who, who whom I've, I've idolized. You know, I, I don't think I would if I had the opportunity, you know, and an alternate reality to uh, go back in time and and uh, communicate with any of these guys. I I don't think I would really stay or ask much. I would I really just want to observe, and you know, I would just feel blessed to be in their presence. So why do you love jazz? Because jazz is the music that, one, improvisation, uh, you know, and for the, you know, reasons that I mentioned before, the, uh, the spontaneous creation, the spontaneous composition, and how you can communicate with the other acoustic instruments that you're playing with, or sometimes electric these days, of course, but um, the spontaneous creation is, is very special. The nature of improvisation, to me, is the purest form of self-expression. When you're improvising, you're essentially speaking through your instrument in, in real time, and you are having a conversation with the band members, and you're you know, presenting your, your truths to, to the audience or the recording equipment around you. Yeah, jazz is the, the music that's, that's the most improvised, and the heritage of this, this music is, is truly special and sacred, and, you know, just to be able to, um, you know, study study this music and and do my best to uh, speak this language in a way that does it justice is, is a, a humbling experience through and through. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fan base, but ultimately you live your life. You have a perception of you. Who do you think you are? I don't think that you can really describe your yourself uh, as a person in words. I think we're far more complex than that. The billions of people on this planet all have a unique set of DNA. So I think it would be futile to uh, attempt really describing our essence in, in, in words. I don't even know where I would start. That's a good answer. That, that, that's a start <laughs> right there. Hey, Chad, thank you for taking some time out for Neon Jazz today. Good luck with the album and the return of the stage, man. Thanks so much, Joe. Appreciate your uh, giving me a call here. It was a great connect. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Chad for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino in the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com and for everything Neon Jazz all the time. Go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.